I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And today we have very special guests with us. We have the two girls and the one ghost with us. Yes, <laughs> I guess the one, the one ghost is somewhere. The yes. We'll make an appearance. We also yes. don't know if it's one ghost or many ghosts. I think the one is just the ethereal all ghosts. Right. <laughs> but the royal ghost. Here. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Corrine and Sabrina have uh, really uh, been awesome throughout this. We've been collaborating and trying to figure out what to bring you guys to talk about spooky things uh, because they do a really awesome setup where they do deep dives into different entities or hauntings or in the case of today's episode, cryptids, and they kind of teach their listeners about those certain um, situations. But we are going to be taught today about some superstition mountain cryptids, right? Yes. Cool. Well, yeah, just some I'm context. Yeah. Buried treasure? Maybe? We kind of maybe found a story <laughs> that had multiple elements, and we're just yes. like, how much can we throw at, at them at once? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're all in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as some, as some context, Corinne and I love cryptids. Corinne specifically, uh, if you listen to our podcast, Corinne, uh, there's an ongoing joke that's a bit serious that Corinne is going to marry Bigfoot. I, love I think sure to say awesome. Bigfoot is my boyfriend. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't wear it today. But <laughs> I should have. And one of the best gifts I've ever received, I'll have to send you guys a picture of it after. But um, Jordan Monsell, who's an artist who has a podcast of his own as well, but uh, listens to ours, he painted on a piece of wood like took a wood stump and painted a, a portrait of Bigfoot hugging me and Aww. I'm naked I'm it's like, the, nature like her little butt <laughs> Bigfoot's like, like lifting her up cheeks. I love it's that awesome. I freaking love it so much it's amazing but yeah anyway, I want one of those cryptids, we do uh, and everything's spooky just like you guys so yeah we pulled I'm so our, excited to be here we pulled our listeners and Mothman is the one cryptid people would want to go on a date with, or the most wanted. Same. Yeah. Yeah, this one here. Is- I love Mothman. Mothman gal? Yeah. I am a Mothman stan through and through, for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to commission that artist to uh, <laughs> make a me a Mothman version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really should, because it's incredible. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So, um how do you want to start with this? Do you want to, do you have a specific uh, mountain cryptid you want to go with to start out? Well, we, yeah, we wanted to just share the story of the Superstition Mountains and then kind of towards the end, Corinne really gets deep into the, the cryptids of cool. the mountains. Which I think you guys already know about this cryptid, so I'll be excited to hear your yeah. thoughts on it, but. Absolutely. This is Arizona, right? This is Arizona, okay. yes. correct. Yes. Yes. Which yes. Arizona is very, you know, paranormally inclined already. 
absolutely vortexes and all of that Um, certainly so yeah the superstition mountains and the lost dutchman's gold this is the story we'll share with you today uh this mountain range the superstitions as people call them is located in arizona east of phoenix and there are quite a few notable landmarks like the weaver's needle which is an eroded spire of rock that formed because of an explosion of an ancient volcano which i just think is so fascinating that there are volcanoes you know, just bubbling underneath our earth everywhere. I know. Um, just chilling. is so cool. Yes. So next to the Grand Canyon Superstition Mountain Range is the most photographed and painted landmark in Arizona. And beyond the beauty, Corinne and I love beauty, whatever, great, beautiful landscapes, all of that. But there is something a bit more enticing to the two of us about Superstition's Mountains. Because what is better than photographing wilderness is uh, the potential of hidden treasure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We're pirates at heart, I think. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We want some ill-gotten booty. That's why we need to go (laughs) visit you guys because you have a lot of evidence of old pirating and whatnot in the south so one day we'll oh, make it oh yeah absolutely yeah you have to go to tampa uh which is where i'm from originally you got to go there for the pirate stuff they are oh, yeah. they are the pirate royalty of yeah. the south yeah. well Saint and charleston of course and charleston famously too. uh hanged all the famous pirates <laughs> yeah one day we're gonna get in a van and just travel to all the haunted places in the states then we'll take it overseas you know it's just gonna be a Lifelong we'll endeavor. It'll be like yeah. a giant Scooby Doo van and we'll pick you up. <laughs> Get in! Come <laughs> on in! We'll have to like come up with Tucker a custom made uh, horn for the car. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So, the treasure. Yes, we're really excited about it. We'll get to the more of the treasure details in a little bit, but there are some warnings to heed about Superstition Mountains because there have been countless disappearances and mysterious deaths within the mountain range. And if anyone watches The Office, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious, but we should be a little bit stitious about these mountains. <laughs> that joke was perfect for, the, for this episode. You, Good job, Sabrina. Seriously. So I've been watching, I think I'm rewatching The Office for the 20th time currently. Wow. Um, yes. Okay. So there are people wide eyed and thrilled, kind of like us who hear hidden treasure and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go in search of the hidden treasure. But many people who do fail to find the treasure. Actually, no one's found the treasure. And those who go in search of the treasure often um, do not find riches galore, but uh, lots of gore, perhaps even their death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in our research, Sabrina and I were like, okay, well, Legends are legends, right? Like, obviously, we believe in a lot of them, and a lot can happen in order to produce this legend. But in America, when there's cryptids or curses or things like this involved, we like to go back to the people who were here first, the native people, and see what sort of uh, theories or superstitions they had around these locations. So we did that, and... Everyone should have listened to them. Spoiler alert, they didn't. <laughs> but but the native tribes, the Pima and the Apache people, they believed that there was something really, really powerful in the mountains. They were calling it this thunder god who would strike any tras- trespassers to death. And every day and every night, these people, they would hear ominous sounds emanating from the mountains. So clearly they had reason to believe that there was something creepy going on. Other worldly, yeah. Other worldly, 
So they were really fearful and they were really careful about keeping a safe distance from these mountains and from this godly being. But then, of course, as we know, in 1540, the Spanish conquistadors, they came to Arizona in search of gold. And the local tribes, they warned all the Spaniards. They were like, hey, here's what we think is going on in these mountains. You should not approach it. It's super dangerous. This mountain region is not to be fucked with. Like, I know you love gold and greed, but (laughs) save yourself, man. Um, And no one obeyed these warnings. No. No one heeded the warnings, right? Like, of course. Everybody goes in exploring deep, deep into the mountains. And uh, shockingly, they disappeared and died. So... It was the wrong, wrong choice for them, for sure. No gold, glory, or God for them. So. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> they were. I warned. mean, I will. I will say, I feel like there is some. No matter how much jan- danger is associated with something, like isn't there a little part of you that's still like, what if I do this? What if I go and find the? <laughs> oh, absolutely. What if I yeah. One exception, right? <laughs> Yeah, some would call yeah. that intrusive thoughts, but some people. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I'm we by to, them. <laughs> yeah, part of my life. Yeah. Corinne might be led by intrusive thoughts, so they're not so intrusive if you invite them in. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. <laughs> intrusive only to everyone else around me. Like, Whoa, <laughs> some thoughts are better inside. But um, for these guys, all of these conquistadors and these gold seekers, these treasure hunters, they were like, whatever, like, who cares? That's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And so they ventured off into the mountains and one by one, they were picked off. Two men would be standing a couple feet away from one other person in the group. And when they turn their back just for a split second, that other person will disappear. And this was a regular occurrence. So this happened often where groups would go together. And I feel like we hear these stories so much too when we talk about the wilderness and like missing 411 style situations where you're like how does someone just disappear in a blink of an eye and this kept happening and some of these people were discovered some of them never found again but the people who were discovered they were found dead mutilated and all of them with their heads cut off so that would that's a big theme here is there's there's a lot of decapitation in this story And so people became really frightened of these mountains. And then that's when they nicknamed them the Superstition Mountains. Um, And this was then known as this terrible and evil and frightening place that that might have gold, but also will probably kill you. (laughs) Yeah. They were losing their, literally losing their heads for uh, this gold. Be rolling in this episode. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. You know, it's, it kind of sounds like a, uh, session of D and D a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So wild. there's so much that gets thrown at these people too. Is yeah. there another mountain range somewhere in the world that is called like the beheading mountains oh. or the beheaded Hills really? where people go in and they are de- decapitated. It, it is like oh. a normal thing. I don't know if it's a superstition mountains, but I think there is another okay. range somewhere that's I worth looking up right. because I remember hearing one. I remember hearing a story once about it, it was these like 18 inch dwarves or whatever that lived on a certain mountain. And I think that those that like cryptid, that creature was associated with beheading people on that mountain. And I cannot for the life of me remember where it yeah, is. Yeah, I was like, it, it seems like it's possible that it's a TikTok trend right now is, is talking about <laughs> oh. the beheading mountains well, you or, you know, know it's like so something. On TikTok. We love stalking your page. something relatively recently came up about that conversation that there's there's a a, a, an area 
where people's heads are just, you know, popped right off. <laughs> I would like to say that if, if you're dealing with like a Sasquatch like thing and it's right. just grabbing you out of the woods, grabbing you by the head and the <laughs> force. Yeah. Makes right. makes a lot of sense, you know, uh, and you know, wiggling you around. Yeah. That's- okay, before <laughs> we all walk away at the end of the day, we need to figure out where this place is because I think it's important to know where people are getting decapitated so that well, we can go there. I, we have my handy dandy pocket computer. There, oh, uh. yes. <laughs> It, it is it is one of those things that the more that we talk about the paranormal and just the the things that go on in the world or you know bump in the night makes me want to stay home a lot more because it's kind of like you don't know what you're gonna get wherever you are if there's mountain ranges where it's known for beheadings and you know disappearances. Oh, it's West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Decapitated mountains. That sounds about right. West oh. Virginia. <laughs> hey, at least it's it's named appropriately, right? Because we right. can't just accidentally yeah. go to... Right. right. You should know. <laughs> oh, no. Superstitions is like, oh, throw some salt over my shoulder. It's like decapitation mountain. How do I mountain. get here? Your crystals can't save you here. No. <laughs> In the dwarves of West Virginia. These dwarves, I swear, dwarves are not to be trusted. They, <laughs> they come across so cute and they're not. <laughs> it, that... Everything within that genre is just so, to steal a word that Sabrina uses more than me, it's it's so befuddling. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know what to make of it because there's so much trickery and it's like, yeah, there's so many things that also mimic other things in the supernatural world. So I'm always nervous that I accidentally did something wrong. Like I met someone at a wedding who said that they were Faye and they didn't want to know my last name because... I, I don't even remember like exactly the reason why, but like it would do something. Oh. And then of course we're sitting next to each other and we have like name cards and I'm like, well, this is now you well, know. <laughs> well, Grit, you I've invited the Faye. Cause I'm scared to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> never use a real name. No. Yeah. Pseudonyms know, only. Fake names at my friend's weddings. Right. <laughs> we actually had a listener share a story with us and this is maybe one of the like the most bizarre stories we've ever but also like in in capturing in rapturing stories we've ever heard of a guy who I think it was on an eclipse with a group of his friends went to these hot springs and while they were there they heard another woman and they were all entranced by her and one guy ended up having sex with this woman and in the morning then like all of the guys were like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful, almost like a siren. And then the next morning when they realized what had happened, they saw the woman and she was like, there's a photo of it. And she's like, like morphed, almost demonic looking. And like, it's so strange. And the one girl who was with the group was like, yeah, you guys, like I was so freaked out why you were all obsessed with her. She was the only one who was not entranced by this woman. Oh, it's like that one episode or that one uh, part of VHS where like the, I like you girl, Mm. like turns into the (laughs) the bat thing. Yeah. Siren. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love, but hate that movie. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) That's wild. Um, yeah, I don't trust anybody who tells me that they're Faye. I'm like, first off, big warning sign. But second off, are you really Faye? Or are you something else trying right. to pretend to <laughs> yeah. be Faye? Like, I, Even worse, yeah. yeah. Do you know? Do you guys know? How are we supposed to 
tell her what are we supposed to do if we're in that scenario because yeah. I, I had no clue you just take all precautions <laughs> with the fae I really I don't mess with the fae at all they yeah. are I tried to keep them very far away from me yeah, unfortunately once you're in it you're in it yeah you know? <laughs> the um But I mean, it is true. You don't want to give them your name because names are very powerful in like all facets of magic and folklore and things like that. And it gives them access to your life, essentially, when they know your name, it taps into your personal energy. Oh, yeah. And so it's like that's and almost every identity culture theft. has a version. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that might even be a modern version of this frightful uh, uh, knowledge of your name leads to destruction or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, ruin. Because yeah. uh, I, I remember thinking that when um, Death Note came out, uh, because Death Note was a very modern anime manga, and it was if you know a person's name, their full name, if you can kill them, right? You know, with a thought. Um, <laughs> and it's like I have that's, to watch that show because my brother has been recommending it to me. It's nonstop. it's it's so surprisingly good um, because it's incredible. because it's wildly original, but it pulls mm. from all these superstitions. You recognize that superstition of if you know someone's name. Mm. Right. They they basically are you know indebted to you. Well, um, that's why demons demons hate when you learn their name. Yeah. Uh, but of course, saying their name gives them strength. So you know, there's all kinds of of gray Nuances. area. <laughs> yeah. Well, this also brings up like something Corinne and I talk about a lot is doppelgangers. Mm. Like, uh, if yeah. a fairy or a fae knows your name, is that where doppelgangers come from? Like, can they then impersonate you? I mean. In theory, yes. A lot of it comes from they want something from you. They want to be able to have access to your life and the access to everything humans are able to. Right. My The scariest doppelganger thing I ever came across was that doppelgangers live inside mirrors. They're actually forming their shape by, by reflecting you. Okay, so I, were you bothered no. by that? Were you bothered by that TikTok trend then when people were going, it was the audio, it was like, you, she must have been out of her Oh, head. yes. And yeah. it would be like in the mirror. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. And that's person. just it. You know, the, the, the story is that, you know, sometimes when you look in the mirror, you just have that sensation that it doesn't look quite like you. You know, mm-hmm. there's something about the lighting or the mirror or something. And there's like, well, actually, it might not be you. It might be your oh, doppelganger just I waiting. I do not like you know, that. And and there were there was there were so it, it had a list of things like note how far away from the glass your reflection is. This is not something you really think about, but if you're looking at your reflection and it seems like the reflection is closer to the glass than you are to the mirror, oh my you might be. I'm going to cover all of my mirrors after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I have horrible mirror phobia. I have so many uh, scared things, yeah, and, and to yeah. the point, uh, it, it, this book it was called Mirror Lore. Um, detailed that Bloody Mary is in fact a doppelganger story. Oh, that 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 the Bloody Mary lore was that um, doppelgangers will sometimes get so close to the glass that they'll break through and they'll cut your throat with the shards of the glass, and then they'll put your body into the mirror realm and oh live God. out your life. Oh, I just got chills. this. Needs to be a movie. How does that not exist yet? And as the story goes on, Mary was a, a, a woman who, who would never leave the, the mirror. She was always, you know, looking in the mirror looking and staying at in the mirror. And she never really paid attention looking at herself. So it was a vanity, you know, uh, a warning, don't, mm. don't be Mary. Um, the, uh, her doppelganger comes through the glass, cuts her throat 
puts her in the glass, but she wasn't dead when she went into the, the glass world, and there's no death on the other side. So she's oh. just bleeding incessantly oh, which- floating through a black space. And so when you call oh, to her, you're basically turning a light on in the dark, and she's coming to that mirror hoping that she can come through oh. to finally end her suffering. Uh, and, and yeah, that was a chilling story. And I, you know, I read that yeah. when I was like 12 years old and I'm like, Mwah. so I never yeah. heard that version of it. It no. was very fascinating. And I spent the next 30 some odd years looking for that book. I've yet to find it. I've never seen it anywhere else. It yeah. was in a library in Italy on, on a military base on Italy. <laughs> I, oh I checked gosh. it out and I've never seen it again. It was like one of those like time life books, those thin, yeah. like, um, uh, Time Life did a whole series of books on superstitions. I always thought it was oh. one of those, but it, it apparently wasn't. Maybe huh. you uh, glitched over into yeah, a new yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's right. full Mandela effect. It's like, do, yeah. do you remember this book? It's like, no, there's never a book like that. And I was like, it. the book cover was the woman in front of the mirror, but it makes a skull, like the whole picture. Mm. Have you seen that optical illusion? You can illusion? remember it so perfectly. Yeah, oh yeah, right. it, was, it, was a, it was a big oval picture of a woman sitting, looking at it, herself in the mirror. She had black hair, and if you hold it right, it looks like a skull. So it's like an optical illusion. Do you see okay. a skull or do you see a woman oh. at the mirror? I have an idea. You're gonna have to work with an artist, or maybe you're an artist. You're gonna work with an artist to recreate what this image looked like. And oh no, it's a famous it in- picture. I can oh, get it, it is. Oh, yeah. Well, then I was gonna say reverse image it so that you could try to find what text it's find from. Find the book, right? Exactly. Oh, that's a great idea. Or just let the internet try to find it because I swear, that's with true. the collective of the internet, they can find oh, yeah. anything. Start a Reddit Truly. forum. Right. Web right. Find mirror lore. Yeah. All crimes are going to be solved with the internet. I yes. swear. Oh. Um, let me, hang on. Leia. But yes. We, the, we, we, we've definitely got off topic here. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. But this is the picture. Oh. oh. See, she's oh. sitting. She's sitting in the, and, and uh, it's a woman sitting in a mirror. Okay. Yes. And it does look like a skull. Yeah. It kind of gives the original illustrations of scary stories to tell in the dark vibes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Back to Superstition Mountains. Yes. Superstition okay. Mountains. Superstition Mountains. Um, okay, so people were searching for the gold and no one was finding the gold. But in the 1840s, someone finally found the gold. And there are a few different variations of this story, but I'm just going to share one. And this is the one that is most often told. So in the 1840s, there was a German immigrant named Jacob Waltz, and he came to America similar to the Spanish conquistadors. There we go. Um, He had heard of the gold and was like, I'm going to go searching for it. So according to legend, he found a massive gold mine hidden within the Superstition Mountains. But like winning the lottery today, he decided to keep it to himself. You know, you don't want people to know that you have a ton of money or or where it came from. So he was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to get big mining companies involved. I'm just going to keep the location of this gold a complete secret, which maybe is a little bit of greed. He's like, this is my money. I'm not sharing it with anyone. Absolutely. It's greed. Yeah. Yes. Fair. Uh, and so he was the only person to know the location and he refused to get anyone else involved. And he was also afraid that 
if the government found out that they would then basically say this is government land we own this you don't have any right to it but this is where it gets even more mysterious so people in town would say that Walt would show up occasionally out of nowhere with nuggets of gold and would buy lots of drinks at the local pub saloon and when people would ask him about the gold he would just get very weird and shifty and not answer any questions and so rumors began to spread around the town that Walt's had found the gold, which of course meant people were like, okay, let's follow him in to the mountains, stalk him through his little trek and find the gold for ourselves. But Waltz was a bit smart. He knew how people were onto him. And so he familiarized himself really, really well with the terrain of the Superstition Mountains. And when he knew that people were following him, he would like zigzag through the mountains and basically lead these people into the middle of nowhere and lose them and then these people would just like get stuck and lost in the mountains sadly some of those people died because they just did not know how to get out and they didn't find the gold there was one leia is running around like crazy she's like (laughs) i want the gold (laughs) what if she knows where it is she's like listen she's jacob's waltz she's like finally my moment um right so there was one occasion where waltz was you know heading out into the mountains supposedly towards his gold and there were two men who just would not give up they were really adept in staying on waltz's trail and he couldn't lose them so waltz just turned around and shot the both of them and killed them um and that's i mean so really greed is going on there uh The mystery remained even when Waltz apparently sold around $250,000 worth of gold to the U.S. Mint in the 1800s, which in today's money is like $5.5 million. So still, somehow no one knows where the location is. Waltz is just like waltzing around. I wonder if that's where the term comes from with his gold. <laughs> and and He's until... raking in money. Truly. And then in 1891, Waltz was on his deathbed and... He know he's tired worn down and he calls upon julia thomas who is the owner of the boarding house that he was living in and apparently a woman he had forged a a nice bond with he really valued her and she had kind of taken care of him in his older age and as he was fading into the light slipping past into the next life or onto the ether wherever it may be that's on the other side he whispered the location to Julia and slipped a piece of paper into her hand that was said to have a map, a hand-drawn map with the location of the gold. Unfortunately, Julia hired two men to go in search of the gold and they followed this map. They, she heard the location from Jacob Waltz and they could never find it. Never. Uh That's Weird. such a bummer. You think you're so close to a huge fortune. Yeah. You're like, X marks the spot. I finally have it. The dwarves like they took had it. the information. The right. dwarves. The creatures so, of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's, that's my biggest question is like, is there an entity within these mountains that kind of almost like strikes a deal with Jacob Waltz or with someone who does end up finding the gold and there's rules, you know, you can't tell right. anyone about it. Or what did Jacob Waltz have to give up in order to 
find the gold. Right. I guess we'll never know. Um, and gold is such a curiosity because it is revered around the world as this high value thing. But when you take into like ancient cultures, it's like, what was it that was so valuable about it? Was it that it was shiny? Right. You know, because like you asked today, it's like, well, it's an excellent electromagnetic conductor. It's like, yeah, well, ancient Egyptians didn't care about that, did they? Right. Or maybe they did. You know, maybe they right. knew something we didn't know because the value of gold is so prevalent around the world. And it's like, it was a, a, a shiny rock, but there were lots of shiny rock. Yes. So right. There was silver. Yes. There was, you know, um, platinum. There was, right. you know, uh, even iron funny. still became we more useful than gold. Make up our own constructs like it's you know like, what, that's valuable what's to say like we can't be like oh this little dirt soil is like very valuable and like start it's like kind of like bitcoin and those things like there's yeah. famously no uh the 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 dutch made tulips their currency and then yeah. one year a frost really? came through oh yeah they were using tulips and they're like tulips as 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 currency and then a huge frost came and they went bankrupt like the entire oh. country just like went belly up because of it but yeah, it's interesting because also responsible they dyed carrots orange and then that is why all of our carrots are orange i think they're oh. naturally more white and purple. white yeah. like a white root yeah absolutely mm -hmm. that makes so much sense mm -hmm. wow i didn't there, know that there is this sneaky dutch psychological <laughs> term and i don't and i don't know it off the top of my head but there is a human fascination with shiny objects. Oh, sure. And I think they talk about this with Dahmer and like why he had a fascination with um, uh, like severing bodies and possibly, uh, you know, postmortem sex um, is because of the glistening of blood. Like there, there is a psychological attachment and view of what is beautiful and shiny. So the moral of this episode is that we're really all just crows. <laughs> Basically, ooh, shiny, ooh, shiny. Yes. Well, and more to the point is in, uh, in most folklore, gold is the currency of the, the fae or the, you right. know, uh, Rumpelstiltskin is a great example. Yeah. Able to do anything with gold and, and you know, the exchange being uh, you give them something dear to you and you get yeah. gold in return so maybe maybe waltz was going out and having commerce with mm -hmm. some kind of of you know supernatural being that just had a lot of gold and was like yeah, yeah so here had, you go he had a or even i'm thinking about like right bring us people to kill and we'll give you gold yeah <laughs> yeah yeah totally or just all of the times when people have like time slips into other dimensions it's almost sure. like me think like what if there was this portal that just kind of either opened or didn't in this certain area and Jacob was lucky enough to find it and just went every day and maybe it was open maybe it wasn't but if it was he got to enter into the space up. with all of this gold right That's like ring gods the, the, yes. the ring gods of the mountain <laughs> I like that I like that theory yeah, ring gods of the mountains ring gods of the mountains <laughs> ring gods of the mountains Okay, well, there there are so many disappearances, so many beheadings, so many things that happened in Superstition Mountains before Jacob Waltz was even there. So he didn't start the lore at all in terms of beheadings. Like this happened far before Jacob. He just happened to be this lucky one in the middle of the hunt for gold on Supersti Superstition Mountains. Um, there were these two men, Sims Eli and Jim Bark, who spent 25 years searching for the gold here but never found anything and they were the ones that coined it the lost dutchman mine 
And when Sabrina and I were talking about this, Sabrina, I'm going to, Sabrina, I'm going to make you repeat the joke that you told me because I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Well, because this was after Jacob Waltz, I'm pretty sure. So these two men came in search of the gold afterwards and Jacob Waltz was from Germany. So I was like, well, no, duh, they couldn't find the gold because they didn't even like, they called it the lost Dutchman, but they, (laughs) Jacob Waltz was from Germany. Yeah. They don't know their geography. (laughs) How are they going to find it? (laughs) <laughs> terrible very corny maps. terrible joke but yes <laughs> no but i mean now we like, i don't true. have any faith in sims eli and jim bark anymore right like right <laughs> they couldn't even maps. identify waltz right. as a german yeah yeah of course you spent 20 plus years looking for gold and never found it come on <laughs> okay but these two guys they searched forever and never found out where the gold was but what was interesting about them is that they were an exception for people who entered the mountains often um, and came back alive. Like they were never killed. So they got to come back and basically tell no tales, basically like, <laughs> I didn't see anything, but at least I'm still alive. So it's uh, a, I and, guess a lesson of resilience. Uh, sure. Perhaps, they they never gave up. They didn't. But Gold or not, death is what their motto yeah. was. Gold or death. Yeah. So apparently there's around four to five hikers that die annually in this area. And the Superstition Mountain Museum claims that it has more hikers disappear or die than any other mountain range in the world, which we know is not true. (laughs) And also it's a weird thing for them to claim like proudly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like maybe there's a beautiful Superstition Mountains. You may die. (laughs) You may die. I feel like they're missing part of that sentence, though. It should be like from nefarious creatures or, yeah. or something because it's like okay well like k2 everest like there's so many other mountains right right that exist and claim lives so it just interest a weird bizarre claim right game. it's a weird flex you're weird flex <laughs> it's a weird you flex. could be brutally murdered yeah yeah <laughs> you want to be one of four or five <laughs> you'll be dead but those are better odds than vegas you'll be famous yeah in 1896, three people died, and they were all found with their heads decapitated. And then in 1910, a woman went missing. Her body was found a few months later. And here's what's super interesting. When her body was found, on her body, in a bag, were a few gold nuggets inside. So she Ooh. found the gold, but she didn't make it back out. She didn't make it out. Interesting. Yeah. And then one of the most famous mysterious deaths that took place in Superstition Mountains was that of Adolf Ruth. He set out on a two-week voyage in June of 1931 in search of the treasure and unfortunately never came home. It wasn't until December of 1931, months after his disappearance, that searches finally came up with a human skull. They found a human skull and it had two bullet holes. Officials determined that Ruth had been shot point blank and somehow his head had detached from his body and moved a third of a mile away from where he had died. So there's still like no one. How That's did an impressive gun. De- yeah. How did it detach from his body? How did it get to where it was? And I know animals sometimes carry sure. pieces of body. I mean, is there any, any word on how these decapitations happened? Was it a tool? Was it an implement? Were they, were they severed or were they ripped off? Anything? I couldn't find anything specific about it, but I definitely don't think it was weapon-based. Sure. Sure. Well, and it seems like you might be looking at like uh, mountain lions 
yeah. things like that. It seems like mm. uh, uh, cats, cats when they kill, oftentimes grab by the neck. The neck, mm. or and, yeah. and you know, and, and the human neck does not withstand a lot of pressure. Yeah, we're we're really really poorly made when you think about <laughs> it. Yeah. We are pretty weak. Uh, just yeah. our. Uh, I'm just picturing like newborn babies, their heads bobbing. Yeah, like, we can right. Yeah, we're we're just like one inch away from being that. We're still very fleshy and vulnerable. Well, have but you heard of so- this theory that humans are actually from Mars, and one of the proofs is that babies can't walk. You know, of all the animals on Earth, all the mammals, when they are born, they're pretty able to walk. Yeah, but if we lived yeah. in a, a in hours. a different gravitational way, the the baby's body would, in fact operate better in a different gravitational field it would be able to to move and utilize as much isn't that interesting (laughs) right i was like wow because the gestation period is so long yeah yeah as opposed to every other you know animal on earth and so it's like huh and and of course the the amount of time it takes for a baby to become you know ambulatory doesn't quite match up with right. other life on earth there's no other animal that takes that long yeah. to function that is really <laughs> you know? interesting i've never heard that yeah, yeah. well i think I, we, it's I think like it's a we, relatively new theory but it's an interesting one the girl, i'm gonna start telling babies. people i'm from mars yeah. there you yes. go well because yeah. you can because girls are from mars to get more yes. candy bars but i think oh. the the boy babies are from jupiter Remember, because they yeah. get, get more, more stupider. <laughs> yes. Remember that from elementary school? Oh, wow. The, uh, <laughs> That's oh, a good yeah. Biggest burn there ever was. It's such oh, a yeah. burn. God, I felt so good, so victorious when I'd be like, boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. I'm like, yeah. victory. Yeah. Victory in second grade. <laughs> You're all beneath me. <laughs> it was a ceiling moment. Right, of- exactly. <laughs> it was. If it rhymes, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Until someone goes, whatever you say, bounces off that whole like rubber thing, like it sticks back to you. I'm like, curse. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. Um, okay. Well, to add to the mystery. So Ad- Adolf Ruth, his head was found first and they were like, well, where's the rest of his body? And so they go in search of the rest of his body and happen to find a bottle that was floating along a creek. And in the bottle was a note which read, and they believe this was from Ad- Adolf. It read, I am sitting under a tree in a creek with my br- with a leg broke. I've got to have help quick. Finder of this note, please give to Howard Peterson. P.S. I have found the lost Dutchman. Ooh. Searchers finally discover the rest of Ruth's body at a camp where his remains were left seemingly untouched. It was as if he was just like sitting, doing nothing. And then was suddenly shot, his head removed, and placed a distance away. A distance, distance away. And then there was also a note in his checkbook that said, Veni, Vidi, Vici, I came, I saw, I conquer- conquered. And the gun that he had on his person was not missing any bullets, which meant it wasn't his gun that killed him. Mm-hmm. And so his death and how he died or who killed him and where the gold was hidden still remained a mystery. And then there's another death in the 1940s. I mean, this is just a story of deaths after death, yeah. after death, after death. Death and which, decapitation. Yeah, which I hope that, I hope we don't have to say it to anyone who's listening. Probably best not to go in search of the gold. And this is, this episode should be heated as a warning. 
So okay. 1940s, there's a man, James A. Carvey, or Cravey, who spent 10 days in Superstition Mountains, and it was a very, very public expedition. Like, people knew he was going. He flew in by helicopter. There was press about it, and he spent 10 days exploring before he urgently called his pilot to pick him up. But when the pilot arrived, Cravey was nowhere to be found. When he didn't show up, there was a search initiated, and as you probably could have guessed, his headless body was discovered, but his skull was not found until six months later, and just like Adolf Ruth's body, the skull was much further away from the rest of his body, and this is just another example of the numerous men and women who have died within Superstition Mountains, many of them found without their heads. To this I day, want to know so badly what he saw because if he called I his know. pilot in a hurry and didn't say like, I found the gold, come get me or whatever, especially because it was such a public stunt, you'd think that he would have been a little more forthcoming if he had discovered the gold. But for him to be in such a rush and then go missing and be decapitated, it makes me think that he saw something and felt like he was in danger to kind of yeah. rush this public expedition that he was supposed to be on for longer. Right. Well, and a part of me wonders too if like Waltz wasn't like a chosen person by the That's exactly what I was just thinking. Creatures like they had a bond or something. Well, yeah. and the two men who left who were able to go in in and out, I wonder if they didn't have some kind of truce like knowledge. Right. Maybe they couldn't get the gold, but they were they were given egress to the right. to, to places mm. because then it raises the question of the Dutchman itself. Like where did the where did the name Dutchman come from? If it if it if it was maybe something more like there is a Dutch, you know, uh, mm. facet in sure. in these woods, you know, wild men or or something like that, um, or of course, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, of course, is the Dutchman, the, the famous ghost ship, because yeah. the, by calling it that, you know, you you only see it every now and then and in different places. So the Ooh, the idea yeah. of calling the mine like a ghost mine, a mine that, that is that is never in one place at the same time kind of sensation. That's so fascinating. I just got chills. Which Maybe in this that's sense, why people don't know where it is. It just never it, appears in the same spot. It never appears in the same spot, right? Yeah. You know, it's, 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 and maybe they were onto that when they called it the Dutchman mine. It was like, we're chasing a ghost. You know, okay, well um, then this but, makes gold way more valuable and I get why gold was the currency. Right. Okay, so speaking of this, because... So Jacob Waltz is pretty much the only person who had found the gold. And it, I do believe that it's very possible he had some arrangement or he was chosen. But there is one other person who is assumed and believed to found have found the gold. And his name was James Kidd. And he was very, very rich, like sickingly rich. And no one knew where he like got this wealth. But he also spent a lot of time in the mountain range and would make quick trips similar to Jacob Waltz. And all of a sudden in 1949, James Kidd disappeared, gone. And people were like, did he die? What happened? Like there's, there was no evidence of him picking up and leaving with his wealth because he left his fortune behind. And in his will, this is what makes me even more convinced that there is something much bigger and more supernatural happening because in his will, he said that his whole estate will go to anyone who could prove that ghosts existed. 
Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say, I know about James Kidd's will. I didn't realize that his wealth came from anything other than, but yeah. Uh, Interesting. Did anyone get his, uh, his estate? Because I feel like the four of us here could, uh, could uh, prove the proof. existence of ghosts and uh, reap proof the benefits of this estate. Proof is a very thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I've seen plenty of evidence and plenty of, of, yeah. of what, we would, what we would assume is viable, even scientific proof in some cases. But the, the truth of the matter is, as a society, we're so stubborn against it that it has to be something so infallible, so you know, universally recognized that um, proof is subjective. Right. I would still like my cut, but you I want to say, <laughs> I, 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 I heard of James Kidd from a TV show that was going to attempt to, to get the, uh, the inheritance or you know, yeah. uh, oh. uh, fulfill that thing. Um, but of course they, they couldn't. So. <laughs> I wonder Let's where that reboot. money is sitting. Yeah, right. the four of us need to do the reboot. Just yeah, right. The there reboot. <laughs> the hunt for James Kidd's uh, estate. Well, because okay. there's also some some man, God, I want to say in Nebraska, who like buried his entire estate in, and and created like a treasure hunt when he died. Whoa. He was like, good luck. And he dies. And now there are people just like digging all throughout Nebraska. <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of want to do that, but like make it seem like I have a really big estate to leave behind. And then right. you know, if someone finds and it, nothing. it's... It's like, yeah. yeah, it's my overall collection. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> my dad actually had a, like a mini version of a treasure hunt happen to him when he was in his late teens. He was working for some man locally in New Hampshire and was helping him with like things on his property and just taking care of things. And my dad was like, this was the nicest guy in the world. Like he was so caring. He was so generous and he was just like someone my dad really looked up to. And many years later, this man, after my dad has like, you know, lived life, gone to college, has a family, whatever, this man had passed away and his wife was left behind basically a treasure map of like, oh, he, he buried a lot of their money because he was nervous about people coming. So she left him, he left her this sort of like, not very clear <laughs> treasure map of the property and so she reached out to my dad who'd spent so much time with this man and on their property for help and my dad was like I think that this is where your barn sits and so Mm. she had a few I think maybe her own relatives go into the barn and dig where my dad thought the x was and they found all of his money buried oh my gosh that's fantastic did your dad get a cut I feel like (laughs) no no (laughs) He didn't need any. The guy was so generous. I think he like gave my dad some money to, for like college or yeah, clothes. Yeah. Like he was just so so kind Aww. to begin with. So wow. Yeah, my dad. That's amazing. Are you familiar with the treasure? Are you <laughs> familiar with the secret? No. The, so it was a book published in the yes. '80s where a man went all around the country and buried little ceramic jars all around the country. And the, the book is a bunch of poems that are supposed to tell you where oh these things God. are found. <gasps> he was certain that every one of them would have been found a few years after publication. As mm-hmm. of right now, only four of the 12 have been found. No way. 
Yes. Oh my gosh, and, a real life and, national and treasure. And if you go for online, us. you'll see how people yes. have figured it all out. They figured many of the places out. Like oh my um gosh. The, one of them in Charleston and me and my my wife and her friend uh, uh, and my kid went running all through Charleston like trying to dig into the ground because <laughs> oh my we gosh. thought we had figured it out too based on these riddles. Great thing, fun to do. It's a treasure hunt. Um it's called The Secret. It's still out there and there are lots of people working on it. Oh my god! Did you ever uh, and, read and, Ready Player One? Because that kind of reminds me. Oh yeah, yes, yes. yeah, of that. Yeah, wow. The people from Adak Island, I'm sure, are, are <laughs> you know are probably going to be the ones to find it. Right. Have you watched um, that that series on Netflix where it's like the tr- the people looking for gold on Adak, which is no. like a little tiny. I've seen a few of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to season two, and. I, I won't spoil anything, right, sure. but you okay. can imagine where that's going if there's going to be a season two. But um, yeah, I feel like you guys would enjoy that if you like treasure hunting, because it's literally like this tiny, tiny island off of Alaska. It's like the southernmost point of Alaska, I want to mm-hmm. say. And it was a military base. And so uh, there was a pirate who had buried his gold all over this island. Uh, but when the military came in, they buried a bunch of missiles and things like that, explosive devices Whoa. in the ground, and they're still there. So it's really hard to pinpoint where the gold is without hitting a missile. It is it's like a real life game of Minesweeper. Whoa. Literally, yeah. it is the yeah. most wild Risking thing. Risking your life for the treasure. I think I, I watched two episodes of that first season, and it really is, for how much they don't find right necessarily in the first season <laughs> it is it is very like you're on the edge of your seat the whole time because of of exactly what you said where like it's is it gold or are you about to <laughs> blow up right on, on television basically. yes yeah. well it i mean really they have they have the mayor of the town of like 12 people um, <laughs> <laughs> they have yeah. they have him there and he is very safe so you know that kills the vibe a little bit because they're like oh like just let him dig it probably isn't a missile it you know probably isn't a missile there's I a mean, good chance it's not a missile if you have a town of 12 people and three people die that's not that doesn't look good for you <laughs> right <laughs> it's a quarter of your population <laughs> well yeah, a lot of these people are they're like supposedly like treasure hunting experts allegedly the people sure. they bring in because oh. um, mm-hmm. it was like one woman who's a scientist and then there's these two guys that are like super crafty with metal and they can make shift uh, devices out of scraps essentially and then you've got the mayor who's like <laughs> <laughs> who's just there to be annoying essentially <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. I, I want to see them find this treasure though so badly. Invested, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm invested, and I haven't even seen it yet. Okay, when does yes. season two come out? Do you know? I have no idea. That's. I'm right. sure it'll come out soon. They had to like end because um, the frost came in because mm-hmm. the the ground freezes, and so yep. you're not able to dig for like a long period yeah. of time. So yeah, I'm imagine. hoping that it will be coming up soon. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. We're definitely going to watch that. I also just yes. realized as we were talking that I'm drinking from one of our Two Girls, One Ghost mugs, but I this right here says ill-gotten booty popper, and it's a little oh. seductive pirate with his big old booty just posing on the treasure. <laughs> with his treasure. <laughs> Yar. So, Love it. It's fitting for today. Yes. It's perfect. Um, okay. We're about to get to the cryptid, but or the cryptids of Superstition Mountains. 
But there is a couple of beliefs before we get to that. So the local tribes in the area, some some have said that there is a hole within Superstition Mountains that leads down into hell and that great dust storms that cover the valley are caused by the wind that blows from the mouth of hell. So they, you know, like we started out telling the story, like they have a great fear of this land, which then, you know, means they respect it and are are very cautious and mm-hmm. careful and are like, okay, there's something bigger than us here. We're going to respect this land. And clearly it doesn't want us trespassing, so we're not going to. But of course, many of us do. Um, the other theory that I'm not really sure about, but um, Jacob Waltz, because he didn't die until 1891 and death started happening before that time. But part of me is wondering if his spirit is lingering there and still continuously leading people astray. Maybe he did make a deal with whatever this greater being is to basically sacrifice people. So, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't think we'll ever really know. (laughs) Sure. Sure. But, you know, it's fun to theorize. Right. Stories of like holes to hell, caves to hell. um, You know, those also are, an international phenomenon that there are these caves that go to another plane, another place. And that kind of goes into that portal scenario that the cave may not be like the physical cave as we know it, but a metaphysical cave that goes to another dimension. And yeah, it's, it's very possible that you have to have very specific physiology, a very specific, you know, uh, energy pattern, you know, like Waltz may have been, just Mm -hmm. that kind of person that that can you know activate and or find this portal that kind of like um goat man's bridge kind of like goat man's bridge yeah Yeah. absolutely if you guys aren't familiar with goat man's Mm -hmm. bridge um basically it's like it's a bridge that allegedly you're able to go at a certain time and knock on the bridge and the goat man appears but people have also found that there is a portal of some sort that they believe leads to hell um more than likely just leading into some level of the plane of some right. sort uh, but people have been possessed there they've had people die at Goatman's bridge but that leads me to think a really kind of out there theory of what if if you don't fit the pattern to enter the portal it just rips your head off yeah, your head falls yeah. Off. Yeah. Your head, yeah it's like almost like um what is Sweet it names. from Aladdin? Like the oh, right. the the yes. big like tiger's yeah. tomb thing. Right. If you're yeah. not meant to go in there, it spits you out into the sand or something. Right. Yeah, you know that That's would be fascinating. maybe Waltz was just yeah. short, and everyone else was walking, and they hit the <laughs> they, top, and it just yeah. pops their head off. Yeah, and it's invisible; you can't see it. Yeah, yeah you, you can't right. see it. So More evidence. Just, yeah, we need like height stature of everyone right. need all of that of everybody how high they wore their hair that day right exactly <laughs> were they wearing a hat like oh, we have questions we That's have many point. questions <laughs> okay but here's the theory that i think we've all been waiting for that involves a <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. and chris i heard you say it earlier but in arizona there is a creature called the mcgeehan monster and its physical description is extremely close to Bigfoot. It's basically like the Arizona Bigfoot is what it's called or referred to. It's this massive bipedal beast that stands 7 to 10 feet tall. It has inhuman strength. It has red beady eyes, just like Bigfoot. Uh, people have said who have seen it and survived 
They say that it has this long matted black or red brown hair covering its whole body. I've also seen a few people uh, say that the one that they saw had white hair and that around its Hmm. face, it's not quite as hairy. So it's not like really Chewbacca-esque, like it's a little bit more ape-like around the face. And then the hair begins kind of at the side of the face, covering the whole body with some missing parts around its chest. Its fingers are super long, talon-like basically, super sharp with like two inch long talons at the end of its nails. Mm. And one of the common traits of Bigfoot is that Bigfoot doesn't smell too great. (laughs) And that is true of the McGeehan monster too. So people who've gone near it have said it reeks, like it is rancid. They said it smells like if you can imagine urine and feces and dead fish mixed together that is what it smells like so it's super and gross why would i and cringe <laughs> you're attracted to this or super sexy depending on whatever you're into you know it's called it's musk, musk. <laughs> yeah it's musk <laughs> it's nature i mean it makes sense that it would smell just awful because i don't imagine something considered a monster would take much time for their personal hygiene no (laughs) um you know they're they're probably like "Eh, i'm a monster anyways (laughs) yeah whatever and too like another thing with this monster slash probably arizona bigfoot is that people say that the woods go quiet when it's near so like right before they have an encounter it's completely quiet and they don't hear anything and then it suddenly like announces itself really violently and really viciously so we know that it's in superstition mountains because in the 1920s there were two men who entered excuse me who entered into superstition mountains in search of gold and these two guys brought a 450 pound donkey with them so the donkey was carrying their supplies in and hopefully carrying some gold out. are donkeys that heavy yeah that's a chunky donkey pounds. whoa you want hair. you want the strongest and biggest donkey you can find <laughs> yeah of course yeah i don't know they're big boys yeah yeah but in yeah, the that's middle only like 150 pounds more than me so <laughs> I know. I, I could go with that. how much I weigh, I'm like, oh, well, I don't think it's that big. <laughs> <laughs> go donkey. <laughs> yeah. It's half of me, so. Or I get, not half of me. Oh, great. You look great for 850 pounds. Oh, my God. I know. That's I amazing. On what kind of camera are you using? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprisingly heavy. I've always said it's like my greatest asset because if someone were to kidnap me, and try to pick me up they would i'd i'd buy myself a couple seconds by the amount of shock that they'd probably experience lifting what they think is a lot lighter than it actually is because i've seen it on many people's faces before when they try to lift me and i'm like "Ooh, that's an asset i'm gonna use that yes. hopefully not in the future but if i have to it's there for me so i don't think i would win against uh the mcgeehan monster though because <laughs> this thing is massive and in the middle of the night with these two guys and the donkey it suddenly appeared, a nine-foot creature appeared, its Bigfoot ape, and plucked the donkey, like, under its arm, basically, and just swiftly took off with it. So there was no struggle, nothing. It was, like, the easiest thing ever for this creature to lift this 450-pound donkey and just run away with it. Oh. Well, that's going to pop a person's head off. Right. If that's he's yeah. that strong, you know, just grab it and pop. Right. Yes. And then in 1903, there was a man named I.W. Stevens who came across 
a beast that matched the same description in the superstition mountains and he said that he was watching the creature he like happened upon it and the creature was standing over two cougars so you were just talking about like mountain lions and right and their ability to kind of like snap people's necks and, and take a head with them but this creature was killing these mountain lions killing the cougars and that's drinking impressive. its blood at least that's what ooh, this guy thought ooh. it was he was witnessing and then the creature what did you say chupacabra-esque yeah very chupacabra-esque yes i mean all the same geographical areas sure true. the region too. yeah so, very possible that there's just like bloodthirsty monsters throughout the southern united states it's like mama chupacabra well you know when you when you think of desert too just the idea of of very thirsty things <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. resorting to just drinking blood as a source of sustenance and and to cure that that thirst you know yeah if you're not near a lot of, of water sources you know yeah. you could see that being a resource nothing quenches your thirst like uh some fresh blood oh yeah popping the head off of a miner <laughs> yeah. and just, gong, gong, gong. <laughs> I mean, maybe similar to the Dahmer thing and crows. Right. Maybe the blood is the shininess oh, also sure. gets Shiny. golden blood for this. Now I want to know what that term is. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Let's see. Look it up. Okay, but this guy who approaches or accidentally approaches this monster in the woods, he's watching this creature drink the blood of cougars and then the creature notices him and he's obviously shitting himself and the creature apparently like picks up a stick or, or something of some sorts and starts waving it at him really aggressively and lets out what he described as this unearthly screech, just like a horrifying scream. And other people who've also thought that they heard this monster said that it sounds a lot like a woman like screaming, like blood curdle, blood curdling oh. scream. Okay, here's why I think that this monster is responsible for all of the people whose heads roll down the mountain. It's because not only has this monster been seen multiple times, I'm just going to start calling him Bigfoot. Not only has the Arizona Bigfoot been seen multiple times, it is said to be extremely territorial and extremely aggressive, and it is known to decapitate deer and other wildlife before eating them. That right there is the MO, right? Sounds like our culprit. The only thing Honestly. that's missing is like it didn't eat the bodies of people, but maybe it doesn't like the taste. The taste yeah. might be yeah. a little off, yeah. Huh. Yeah. They might think it's a little yucky. When you think of something that is that powerful and that strong, finding the quickest and easiest way to kill an animal, but you know, removing the head is the quickest and easiest way to kill an yeah. animal. So, right. you know, that kind of makes sense. If, if you're that strong, you know, it's like, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going right. to waste my time. Well, <laughs> I'm clearly, just going to rip the head off. It's very nonchalant. It's and very it's nonchalant, like, yeah. You know, um, right. just in its actions of being like, oh, this donkey is mine now. Peace out. You know, things yeah. like that. It's but. also interesting that it picked up a stick yeah. to, you know, Get, get off my lawn you know that right, kind of like notion that it would grab a pawn. stick but it's possible too that it doesn't reckon if it sees a, a human in that form it's thinking it's a type of the same creature uh. right and so it's it's like mm. i've got to i've got to bully up i've got to yeah. you know right, right. Sh shake shake a stick at it you know yeah and too now now that we're talking about it, it's making me think like what if i know some of the other animals like deer are said to have been eaten but like the cougars were seen getting the blood drink from them so i'm wondering if what if this creature really does really is after just blood and pops the head off 
throws it and it's so strong that it does end up far away yeah Yeah. right 100 200 yards away because it's like the strongest creature on earth and then just drinks the blood and so when people find someone's body days later and there's not much blood there it would be hard to tell that it was exsanguinated yeah right Right. yeah so maybe that's it hmm Hmm. well the point Hmm. being is don't go wandering into these mountains because click Because clearly people are like excited when they're like, oh, we got another one, (laughs) you know. Well, plus (laughs) one decapitation is bad enough. A series of decapitations should be a clear indicator that this is not a place you want to visit. Right. Once it's like, like oh, that place is known for decapitation. Like a caution sign. Like enter at your own (laughs) risk. Beware of rolling heads. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And too, it's like this stuff has been happening for centuries and centuries Arizona Bigfoot the Megan monster has been seen like there's I think the last sighting that I saw online was like 2010 or something like people oh, are wow. still experiencing this creature oh well this is also awesome. also means people are still going out there right Stop it. yes <laughs> people are I, I think there's like regular hiking trails yeah there, which is yeah. the problem well maybe if you stay along the trails it's okay it's if the you venture path. off yeah mm-hmm. okay but have you guys heard about the theory that I'm sure you have the Bigfoot is an interdimensional being. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Could this yeah. also have to do with a portal of sorts, yeah. maybe? Of course. Oh yeah. I mean if there's a and because there's a story from the uh, indigenous peoples of this cave to hell, which I've always thought when they tell stories like that, it's probably not a physical cave. It's probably a right. metaphysical cave. It's a yeah. and, and so that concept being, yeah, things that live on the other side can just come and go you know and uh you know and their existence is probably we live in a hot arid weird place and then a hole opens up and it's you know flush with vegetation and life and right so yeah it would seem very welcoming to go into the woods if if the alternative is you know a a place covered in gold rocks and and little else well (laughs) and i mean too it would also make sense with the smell if they're coming out of that you know portal to hell if you will because you see that a lot with demon lore that's is right. that they sulfur-ish. smell of, yeah, yeah exactly they smell like sulfur because that's supposedly mm-hmm. what hell smells like and it just the trace of it comes with them right so I, that would be interesting if they're basically guarding this portal like they're essentially mm-hmm. a guardian spirit of some sorts and if you happen upon it on accident it's like boop and it's like great some nourishment along the way right. you know yeah. like yeah which also kind of accounts also, for a lot of go ahead oh, i was gonna say it, that also aligns with uh, a lot of demon accounts a lot of accounts of 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 these demonic forces that show up they well could be what we encounter as bigfoot because they're um their level of involvement in our plane might be limited dependent on what portal they use. Yeah. It also makes me wonder now if, if their smell is not necessarily based on where they're coming from, but this traveling between portals, like, I don't know, I'm imagining like a quick shock of electricity. Like if that travel causes a a certain smell. I mean, there are so many theories you could throw into that because it's like, because until you enter a portal yourself, like you really aren't ever going to (laughs) fully know exactly. A lot of it, a lot of theories are just spitballing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Because the idea of like traveling to another plane 
like uh, through meditation versus mm-hmm. physically going. Physically, you might be walking through a, you know, a field of just foul smelling stuff, you know, yes. just yeah. to get to the other side. You're just p- piercing a membrane and that membrane is like gooey and smelly. Yeah, I mean, astral projections, a whole other, we could have a whole other episode about that. But oh my gosh. gosh. Absolutely. It's so fascinating. It is, so, it is. It is fascinating, but also horrifying in so many facets. But I did it once by accident. It was scary. Oh boy. Yeah, it, by accident, it's it's horrifying. I was like snapped awake by a uh, a voice whispering in my ear, and I could feel it in my physical body that said, wake up. And I felt myself like completely return to my body, and I sprung awake like sat back up kind of like you see in horror movies. Like I truly was snapped back into my body. Ooh. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to discuss that further, maybe in like a parent <laughs> junkie exclusive episode, right. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for bringing all this really fascinating research. Like I really haven't done much like info digging into the superstitions mountains and, Stuff I only like know that, so very it's... cursory things because I think there are lizard people in the superstition oh, sure. mountains and oh, I mean, it's you know, UFO sightings. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was UFOs, say. reptilian beings, abductions in caves. There's so much more, but it would we would be four hours in if we told you guys everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. We'll You'll just have, have to, to do have a part two yourselves. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. This has been so fascinating and I'm definitely going to do some more diving into this because I am very curious about this portal to hell and uh, Bigfoot claw daddy over here. (laughs) Claw daddy. Yes. That should be a shirt. Bigfoot claw daddy. JT, add it it to the merch list. Claw daddy. (laughs) But well, thank you for having us. This was, yeah, so, this much was fun. so much fun. Yes. And if you guys don't listen to their podcast, you definitely should be. Um, obviously, this aligns very well with the stuff that we already talk about. So it's just even more paranormal spooky things to listen to. Uh, so you can find them under Two, Gir- uh, two Girls, One Ghost. And uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug before we get uh, wrapped up? Uh, no, just just come listen to us. Come listen. An EV- <laughs> yes. If you hear an EVP, let us know because a lot of people do. And we're trying to sort of like catalog all the places that we've had paranormal activity creep into our into our podcast. Well, Ooh. also, it's very your podcast is the most haunted city on earth podcast, and we call our podcast the most haunted podcast in America because our listeners have had countless experiences while listening to our podcast. Oh boy, that's amazing. Some people take breaks, but just, you know, come in open-minded. <laughs> yeah. Try not to haunt you. <laughs> yeah, a lot of our listeners as well, uh, they can definitely say that they've had a lot of paranormal experiences, and some people lean into it and like to listen to more about their yeah. paranormal mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. Um But yes, so uh, thank you guys for listening today. Uh, If you don't already follow us on social media, you can follow us under Haunted City Podcasts on all platforms. And if you want to become a para-junkie, you can follow us over on Patreon, get all sorts of exclusive content. Uh, JT and I are actually going to Lake Lanier next week, which (gasps) is the 
super haunted lake which wow. yeah yes. so that'll be fun let you know if uh, i feel like i'm getting dragged down by anything i uh, hope not I'll keep you <laughs> i know right i'll keep you updated uh but uh with that though thank you guys again my name is madison timmons i'm chris susie and stay spooky y'all